Well, um, I hope you got something out of that, you know. I know I did. You know, a lot of people for the topic of prayer, it's nothing to laugh at, right? But sometimes you have to laugh at yourself. And we have to laugh at each other for some of the, some of the things that we do when we approach the whole topic of prayer. We adopt certain prayer behaviors thinking that, you know, if I do these things, then God is going to listen to me. He's going to really see that I'm serious. If we pray long enough or loud enough or use certain kinds of words or religious kind of phrases strung together or if we light a candle or whatever it might be, then we're going we're gonna to move the heart of God. And, uh, you know, the, the stats show that 90% of the world believes in prayer. And yet most people struggle when it comes to actually praying and praying with other people. Uh, we get uncomfortable because we feel insecure We don't feel like we know enough about God. We feel like, man, I'm going to blow it. I'm going to make a mistake. I'm going to say something in prayer. I might cuss while I'm praying. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, so we just kind of hold it to ourselves. We think we're maybe being watched. We're being judged by other people rather than people kind of supporting us and encouraging us. Early on in my walk with Jesus Christ, I recognized a couple things. First of all, that prayer was powerful. I mean, I, I, I personally was changed through the power of prayer as I met with uh, this this elderly lady who led me to Christ and she prayed with me and it was at her kitchen table as we were just praying and I was just inviting Jesus into my life and to be the forgiver of my sins and the leader uh, Lord of my life it was in that place of prayer that I just felt the power of God for the very first time and it was when I left that place I began to pray and I saw God moving and working through my daily life, in my business, and in my relationships. On the way home that particular summer, I was selling books. And, I, and as I was driving home, uh, one of my friends, my good friends, who went with me on this kind of this summer job in, the, in between college uh, semesters selling books, uh, he got in a wreck. He got in a wreck on the way home from this long summer of working together, flipped his car, he was pinned underneath the car just outside of Flagstaff, Arizona, and, and the car was crushing him. Gas was leaking on him. He was burned in over 80% of his body, and uh, he was paralyzed. I remember going to the hospital. I was really new as a, as a Christian, and, and I remember just feeling so powerless. I, I remember feeling responsible for him. I I felt guilty. I just, I didn't know what to do. And it looked like he might die in the next day. So I began to just pray. I just began to call out on God the best I knew how. And I wandered around my campus at Northern Arizona University until I found this Campus Crusade for Christ group. And they were meeting. They were praying. I went in and kind of interrupted their meeting and just said, my friend, you know, is in serious shape tonight. Can, can, can we pray? Would you pray with us? And uh, I remember us praying together, going back to the hospital, and the next day, a little bit of a turnaround. Matter of fact, he made it. He made it. He recovered. It was a very long road, but he, he actually recovered from all, most all of his injuries. And I remember thinking God intervened in his life. God intervened through prayer. Prayer is powerful. But the other thing that I learned early on was that I, wasn't, I didn't feel very confident in prayer. I didn't feel very good at praying. Matter of fact, I had a lot of hang-ups about it because I thought God listened mainly just to good people, religious people. 
people who knew the Bible, people who knew how to string together really good sounding prayers. And I didn't. And, 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 and I knew I needed to grow and learn. See, God doesn't listen just to good people or just to people who know the Bible. Or He, he listens to the heart, right? He listens to, to the honesty and the humility and the faith that's behind your prayer. He doesn't listen to all of the little things that we think he's, he's, he's impressed with. But I knew I wanted to grow. I needed to grow. I wanted to one day be a person who had more confidence in prayer. Uh, and, and so I've been on that quest for the last 30 years. God stands ready and willing and able to flow his infinite power through your life and through your prayers. There's no power shortage in heaven. Scripture teaches that God's power flows primarily to people who pray. God works through our prayers. And he doesn't just look for certain kinds of people in order to listen to. He looks for any person who will come to him and put him first and exercise faith and from a heart that is just sincere, begin to trust him and pray and ask for his power to intervene in, their, in, in our daily issues. The daily issues of living life. The problems, the, the personality rubs, the, the issues at work, the car problems, the financial challenges, the health issues. Uh, all kinds of things that if we would just go to God and pray, and pray first, and trust that His power can flow through each one of us. If you have a Bible, I want to invite you to turn to Exodus chapter 17. We're going to look at a story of prayer that's found in Exodus chapter 17. And it's in the life of Moses and in the life of Israel. The background of the story is the children of Israel, they're traveling from Egypt uh, out of uh, Egypt into the promised land. But in the meantime, they're in this wilderness place. And in this wilderness place, of course, Moses is their, is their leader. And uh, the enemy nation arrives. There's this enemy, enemy nation that comes into the desert plains where they are currently camped. And they have one objective, and that is to wipe out Israel. All Israel is doing is just trying to follow God through the wilderness. They're minding their own, their own business. They're, trying to, they're learning how to just trust God. And in that place, this enemy nation comes in to attack them and wipe them out. And doesn't, doesn't that happen to you in your life? You're just minding your own business. You're just trying to work. You're trying to do your job, trying to take care of your family. And out of nowhere, it feels at times the enemy is trying to break in to your life, to bring on problems, to bring uh, attack against your marriage or against your health or against your finances. What do you do when you're in those times? Well, the, the thing that the Scripture encourages us to do is to pray, to pray first, to depend on God's power through prayer. Notice in Exodus 17, in verse 8, it says, Then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. So here we see this foreign country, Amalek. They come to fight against Israel at a place called Rephidim. And they're under this savage attack, this ambush by the enemy. So Moses said to Joshua, Choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So here Moses calls his most capable military leader, Joshua. 
And they get together and they begin to strategize. They put the, you know, kind of put out the whiteboard and they begin to try and figure out, what are we going to do? We're being attacked. We need to defend ourselves. And, and so he says, here's what we'll do, Joshua. You, along with other capable people, will go down and you will fight. But I will go up with a couple, a few little selected people, and we, I'll go up on the hillside and I'll pray. And that's what he says. I'll be, I'll be praying. You'll be fighting. We're in the battle together. And I'm going to ask God to pour out courage and strength and give you victory and supernatural protection. And I'm going to, we're going to watch what God does. What an interesting strategy. And when you take this decision in light of Moses and his personality, he had a military background. I mean, the guy was no fool. The guy wasn't just this little priest or this monk. I mean, he was a military man. He was trained in the courts of, of uh, Pharaoh in all manner of education and learning and warfare. And Moses was very self-reliant. He was a doer. He was a problem solver. Matter of fact, he had a little bit of a temper. But he had gone through, you remember, 40 years previously, his temper flared up. He saw an Egyptian, uh, he, he saw in Egypt two people mistreating each other. And he goes in and he beats their face in. And that's what causes him to have to run and hide out for 40 years. He didn't consult God. He didn't pray. That's his background. He's a problem solver with a temper. But Moses is on this new learning curve. He's experiencing God's power in the burning bush. He learned through the ten plagues. He learned through the Passover. He's learning through as he's walking through the Red Sea. He's seeing God. God is working. God is moving. God is powerful. You even see at the top of chapter 17, water comes out of a rock. Well, Joshua, Joshua agrees. Okay, Moses, that's what we'll do. You go up on the hill. You pray. I'll be down with some other men, and we will fight this, this, this battle. So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek. Well, Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. Whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. So the next day, the battle begins, and the battle is fierce. The fighting is strong, and it's relentless. And, and, and the picture is, is that here are the troops of Israel, the men of war, they're fighting against, and they're just defending themselves. They, they were minding their own business, but now they're in this all-out warfare. Yet Moses, along with two others, are up on a hillside. Moses is lifting his hands with the staff of God in his hands, and he's praying, and he's interceding. And what would happen is hour after hour, as his hands were lifted up, they, they would prevail in the battlefield. But when his hands would drop and he would quit praying, all of a sudden the tables would turn and the enemy nation began to win. And it turns out that prayer was a lot of hard work. Moses is, is, it gets tired. And as he's praying and as his hands are lifted, he would get tired and his hands would begin to drop. And when he would quit praying and when his hands would drop, all of a sudden, they begin to lose the battle. And he discovers, maybe, maybe for the first time, that God is directly working through his prayers. And God's power is intervening in, in the affairs of human, human beings. And so God allows Moses, through prayer, to be an intercessor. That's what an intercessor is. They're just a channel of God's divine power to touch human affairs. Whenever we pray and we pray on behalf of someone else and we're interceding, we're standing in the gap, 
between God and this need. And we're just saying, God, would you meet this need? We're interceding. Now, really, there's nothing magic about Moses raising his hands or Moses having that staff. It wasn't like his miracle position or anything like that. But what we see here is that the people in the battlefield, when they would see Moses' hands lifted high, they knew that he was praying. He was interceding. It was encouraging them. And Moses, of course, just as an act of faith, was lifting his, his hands before God. They're, they're fighting as he's praying. Now, from all outward appearances, when the battle was won, when the day was over, Joshua would take all the credit, right? He was the general. He was the one that brought the victory. But Joshua knew. He knew that it wasn't just him. It wasn't just his awesome men who fought the, the battle. It was the people praying behind the scenes. And Joshua couldn't get cocky. He couldn't take the credit for the victory. He knew that it was a team effort. And he knew that prayer behind the scenes was the thing that really won the battle. Prayer. Just this morning, I came to church and, and, and it was one of those mornings, should have known, talk on prayer, going to happen, and, and walked in and everything, went, everything was, was off. You know, I forgot my cell phone. Um, the computers were down. The network wasn't working. The wireless went weird. I couldn't get my little video clip. All kinds of stuff. And I'm, I'm going, uh-oh, what do we do? Went down to the network room. Pretty soon we had three people, four people in there trying to figure out cables and stuff. We couldn't get it up and going. And, and, and I have a background in computers, so I thought, well, I'm sure I'm needed. And, uh, we, and I wasn't. And so we, we ended up calling uh, Troy, who's our consultant, and he's walking us over things. We can't figure it out. We're going to be down. We can't do our kids' check-in. We can't do a lot of stuff. And uh, we're thinking, we'll get by, but it's kind of a, a bummer, and it's stressful. And so I just went into Scott's office, and I... And, and I thought about this message, and I thought, oh, oh I guess I should pray. And so I, I, th- I thought, I'll just lift my hands and pray, but what if somebody walks by and sees me? Oh, well. And I just lifted my hands, and I prayed, and I just began to intercede for those, the three guys that are in the network room trying to do cables and unplug stuff and talk to Troy on the phone. And, and, and I just thought, I'll just pray. I'll just pray. That, that's what I should do. We should just pray. Isn't it easy not to pray? I mean, it's so easy not to. It's easy to just want to solve the problem. I mean, gosh, we have a great mind, right? We're creative. We're problem solvers. We're doers. Let's get this thing done. God helps those who help themselves, right? I mean, that's how we think. We got the problem solved, by the way. And I think that prayer had something to do with it. Even though Scott and... Roy and all those people are awesome. I think prayer had something to do with it. Prayer is not just preparation for the battle. Prayer is the battle. Proverbs 21 says, Go ahead and prepare for the conflict, but victory comes from God. And Moses discovered victory comes from God that day as he prayed. See, the point is, if we are willing to pray to involve God, In our daily challenges, we, each one of us, we will experience his prevailing power through our lives. Through our lives. In our homes, in our relationships, in the marketplace, on our jobs. 
It doesn't mean that you're not needed at all. You'll notice there were ground troops and there was air support. There were those doing things and there were those praying. But we all need to be part of both of those teams. We're not just the doer team and, yeah, the prayer people will go do that. No, we're all called to be prayer people. We're all called to learn about prayer and grow in prayer and grow in our confidence of prayer and to exercise faith as we're at school or on the job or in our relationships or with our children and especially men. Not that we're more important, it's just that we struggle more with confidence. And men, we need to rise up and begin to pray and not not be so wimpy about it, not be so insecure about it, but just realize that God listens to men of faith. And he wants you to rise up and begin to just pray out of the sincerity of your heart and in faith. Trust that it's not just through our own might and strength and creativity and hard work and intelligence that God is going to do things. He has reserved to do certain things only when we humble ourselves and pray and invite him into that situation. So we've got to pray. And we've got to devote time in prayer. Verse 10 says, So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek. While Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. You see, there was this strategy that, that, that it's not just going to be all through hard work and through the battle. It's also going to be through prayer, which is its own kind of hard work. It's at the very core of things. And the point is, when we work, we work. But when we pray, God works. And I want God to be working in my life. I know you do too. And I need to apply that into my own life because I am such a doer and a problem solver and I like to work and I'll just work, 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 work. If I don't stop and just say, God, I need you involved in this situation. It's not just about problem solving in life. I need to grow in that area of prioritizing and and giving more time. And just to think it up and go, you know what? I need to pray. Sometimes for me, it's just that, that simple. I just need to remember, I need to pray. And then just to begin to pray. Ephesians 6 gives us great insight into prayer in the heavenlies. As it says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. In other words, all of our problems are not people. They're not just other people. They're not just flesh and blood. Not just situations at work, incompetent people, you know, micromanager, all the things that we point to. It's not just your spouse. It's not all the, the, the things that we're so easily, we just, they're in our face and we go, that's my problem. And the scripture says, no, it's not. But our problem is against the rulers and against the authorities and against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. In other words, there's this, there's this, heavenly battle going on in the cosmos and in our lives. It's real. It's very real. And so Paul is saying we need to recognize there's this heavenly battle and there are these these principalities and powers and darkness and we need to engage in prayer because that is where that type of battle will be won. Verse 18 in Ephesians says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. And to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. 
In other words, we need to be praying for each other. We need to be interceding and supplicating. Interceding is standing in the gap for others. Supplicating is just directly praying to God for needs that you might have in your own life. And to be alert, to be aware, and to be praying. And so Moses pulls away, he takes time away from the battle to go up onto the hillside and to pray. And his decision to pray may have been misunderstood by some, right? I mean, you're going into battle and, and, and a couple of you are going, yeah, I volunteer for the battle. And someone goes, oh, I'll go up and pray. You're like, yeah, right, whatever. You can't handle the battle. Just go pray. You don't have a work ethic. Go pray. See, prayer is viewed by so many as this kind of little hyper-spiritual deal for unproductive people. And that's sad. It's sad that in, in, somehow we've been ingrained with that mentality rather than prayer is for people who are going to be working in prayer, helping win a battle, and prayer will be a big reason for why any real battle got won. Prayer is often viewed as unproductive time. And so, so many people see it that way and therefore don't pray. Each of us will have to sacrifice. We'll have to sacrifice other people's perception of us. And those of you who pray consistently, you know that, that sometimes you get a bad rap for being a prayer person. And and we have to sacrifice what other people think of us. And sometimes uh, the sacrifice will be in your schedule where you'll have to say no to something else that everything within you wants to go do it because you get to do and you'll have to say no to that, and, and you'll have to pull away and pull aside and spend that time praying, exercising faith, inviting God into that situation. So spend, spending the time is critical. Also, get creative as you pray. In verse 10, I love this. Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. They just found this vantage point that they went up, and Moses has the staff, and, and he's lifting his hands before God and he's praying. And where he can look out over the battlefield and he can just pray over individual situations, a skirmish over here, and he can just begin to intercede for that. And he sees another person who dropped their sword and he's praying for them and praying for courage and praying for different situations on this hillside. Where is it that is a creative place for you to pray? Is it by a lake or in a forest or on your back deck or... Is it, is it as you take a walk through the neighborhood? Is it as you drive to work? Or maybe I know some guys that will go early to work and just stay in the parking lot and read their Bible and just spend some time with God before they go in to do their job for the day. Where is it that you can meet with God and be creative and, 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 and maybe what do you need to bring with you? I love bringing my Bible with me. Just because uh, I can look up a passage or I can just read a psalm or maybe God, God will speak something to me through the scripture. Sometimes I'll bring a journal or a pen. I like to bring my iPhone where I can listen to a you know, Pandora and pull up a cool song like a hymn or something that just will, will just make that time even better. I like being outside if I can, maybe drive my Jeep somewhere and just park and, and, and just be in a shady spot and pray. I mean, it's not magical. It's not like I have to do that, but I like to do that. And prayer ought to be something you like to do. You foster this love for it and this love to spend time with God. So get creative and, and be in those places 
that can encourage you in prayer. Exodus 17, verse 12 and 13 says, But Moses' hands grew weary. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it, while Aaron and Hur lifted up his hands, one on each side, and the other on the other side. So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. I love this picture because we see people helping people. That sometimes prayer can feel burdensome. And, 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 and being there for others. Those of you who are caregivers for somebody, you know you can wear thin. You, can, you need help sometimes in your life. And that's what I love about life groups. Is life groups is a place where we can go and make friends and people who care about us and want to pray for us and hold our arms up and pray for us and with us and keep us encouraged in faith. I love that about my life group. If you're not in a life group, I encourage you to get in a life group. What a great way to involve other people in your prayers. Prayer is not just supposed to be some private matter. Yes, there is a personal side to prayer where we spend time between just you and God alone. But there's also a a group time to prayer where we pray with one another and we pray for one another and we allow other people to pray for us. And so we see this scene that as Moses is praying and his hands are lifted up and as he got tired through the day, hours and hours of praying, his hands would come down and Israel would begin to lose the battle. And his two friends, one on each side, puts a chair underneath him. That sounds good. And then they lift up each of his arms, which is a great illustration of lifting people up in faith and lifting them up through encouragement and helping them. Who is it that you have to come alongside of you? Do you have anyone that will lift up your arms, your right, your left, will give you a chair and help you rest in your life? You have those people. God wants you to have those kind of people. There are hundreds of those kind of people here at this church who would love to be your friend and be a prayer uh, assistant alongside of you and keep you encouraged. We're going to launch a website soon that is going to have a prayer wall on it where we can post our prayer requests in an anonymous fashion. And, or, or you can put your name, but it's anonymous as you like, and then different ones will pray over that, and you'll see their responses to that. We also have a tear-off tab every week where people jot down prayer requests and turn those in, and those don't just fall off the deep end. We pray over those every week and and try and uh, let you know that we did. We have prayer up after service every single weekend. After every service, you can come up and get prayer and ask someone, hey, would you lift Lift me up in prayer today. I've got this going on or, or, or maybe something going on in someone you love or know. After service, always available for prayer. And of course, your life group or a life group, if you're not in one, is a wonderful, wonderful place to pray and to get prayer. So let me just, in closing, ask you, where have your arms been lately? Are they stretched high to heaven as you're praying in faith, trusting God? interceding for other people, or are they just kind of in your pockets, discouraged, not praying, just trying to work hard and do your best? 
Have you sensed God's prevailing power energizing you in ways that you can't explain? Surges in creativity, changes in your character, maybe even changes in your own energy, your physical strength, where God is at work. He's filling you with his spirit. You're getting wisdom and clear leadings by the Holy Spirit. He's he's answering things and you recognize that. Is your battle going well? Or do you sense a power shortage, an outage? Maybe that it just feels like life's against you. Life's been cruel. And you see prayer as the key to unlocking the prevailing power of God in your life and in other people. And I I just want to let God inspire you this morning to continue to pray and to persevere in prayer. No matter how discouraged you have become, no matter how much an attack has come against your life that you didn't ask for, you were minding your own business, and it came to you. And God wants to encourage you to lift your hands in prayer and to allow other people to come alongside of you to also help keep your hands lifted up and to trust that God will see you through. And God will bring a victory out of something that feels like a defeat. And I want to challenge you to allow your church family to be a part of your prayer life too. And what would happen as we prayed for each other in that way? What would happen if I lifted you up and you lifted me up and we lifted each other up and we helped keep each other's arms lifted in the air in prayer I mean, God would work powerfully through that in this church and in our community. And we would see his grace poured out and we would see his spirit poured out and we would see people coming to faith in Christ and we would experience healings and we would experience breakthroughs and we would see marriages restored. We would just see God at work in a powerful way because Jesus said, my house shall be a house of prayer. And he wants us Though we're about many things, we're loving our community, we're serving, we're, we're uh, reading scripture, we're growing, we're worshiping. But at the core of it all, Jesus said we're to be a house of prayer. A group of people who trust that it will be God who brings the victory. And he will bring the victory as we place ourselves in that place of prayer and of faith for each other, and and for ourselves. I just want to learn more. Will you join me on a journey over the course of the year where we just learn more, and we, we get encouraged in this area of prayer, and we see that God wants to use us, and that we begin to pray more effectively and, and maybe more consistently than we ever have before. And we're going to discover that God's power will be released in unprecedented ways in our lives. Let's bow our heads right now as we pray. I, I recognize that some of, some of us here this morning, your, your, your arms are so tired. Tired not, not just from working hard, but also tired from praying. Tired from stretching out in faith and maybe not having immediate answers. And we want to pray for you right now as a church. Lord, for each and every person 
that's in that situation, we're asking that you strengthen them. We lift their arms up to heaven. We lift their hearts to you. We pray for an injection of fresh faith. We ask that you encourage them, that you provide friendships and encouragers alongside of them. And we ask, Lord, that you begin to show them how the battle is turning and changing, where victory is coming. Show them that, Lord. Even if it's not all at once, just show them where the tide is turning. Give them eyes to see. We ask you, Lord, have your way. Have your way. Forgive us, Lord, where we work so hard and so long and we trust ourselves so much that we ignore you. Would you forgive us for that, Lord? 